The Guardian. In western Bulgaria, there's a cave. When you enter the cavity, you are immediately uh, seized by the feeling of moisture and cold and darkness. But it isn't just any cave. Back there in the dark, there was a huge labyrinth of, of, uh, of galleries. It's a cave where scientists have found fossilized remains that point to modern Homo sapiens arriving in the mid-latitudes of Europe much earlier than previously thought. The layers of the site that are the most interesting are between 44 and 47,000 years old. So early, in fact, that they may have shared the continent with Neanderthals for up to 8,000 years. This period of time, say between 50,000 and 40,000, is one of the most important of recent human evolution because this is the moment when our species replaced Neanderthals. This week for our non-coronavirus episode, we take a look at this new discovery and explore what it can tell us about our ancestors and our extinct cousins. I'm Nicola Davis. This is Science Weekly. To tell us more about the modern Homo sapiens, I spoke to Professor Jean-Jacques Hublin, the director of the Department of Human Evolution at the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Leipzig. I, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, I'm confi- I was confined in Paris, and um, I, we, we just got deconfined recently. I thought I had my headphone here, but I don't have it. So I, I, I try to uh, refrain my French nature. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Great. Um, so, Jean-Jacques, we're going to talk today about some interesting discoveries you made in Bulgaria. Can you talk to me a little bit about the site that you made these archaeological discoveries on? It's called the Bakokiro Cave. Can you can you tell me a bit about that cave? What's it like? And and you know, where, where, when you visited it, give me a sense of the setting. The cave of uh, Bachokiro, it's in a very um, impressive site. It's a sort of, of canyon in the Balkan mountain range. And when you get there, it's very steep. And uh, the, the place is very scenic because you have little water cascade. And when you, you get in front of the, the mouth of the cave, the opening is rather low. And when you enter the, um, the cavity, you have a... a a long gallery starting in front of you. And the, the archaeological site is really at the entrance of the cave. And people probably lived only in the part of the cave that was still receiving the, the daylight. And we know that cave bears uh, were coming into this, this cave. So I imagine the, the mothers of the kids of the initial apocalyptic telling their kids not to go too, too far in the back of the cave. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a very uh, impressive kind of structure when you, you wander in these endless galleries. So talk me through what you and your team found. The site with some kind of constructions, walls, basically to make the visit for the tourists more easy. And uh, when I visited the cave, I suspected that behind these walls, there was still archaeological deposit. 
And uh, so we, we started an excavation with the, one of the primary uh, goals was to obtain a good chronology of the site. But we are very fortunate because we did not obtain just a good chronology, but also a lot of artifacts, stone tools, bone tools. And in the huge amount of broken bones from animals, that was in, in the cave, we could identify a couple of human pieces. The layers of the site that are the most interesting are between 44 and 47,000 years old. And usually in this, in this range of, of age, the radiocarbon method does not work so well. But we're very fortunate because of the, the preservation of the, the organic material in this cave and, and especially of the collagen in the bones that was really well preserved. So we have probably the best dated site of this time period in Europe with uh, 95 radiocarbon dates, some of them with a precision of just a couple of centuries. And of course, a couple of centuries sounds maybe not very precise for uh, most people, but for this time range, it's very precise. And so of the things that you found there, you found some animal bones, as you said, you found tools, but you also found human fragments. Now, how do you know that they're fragments of modern humans and not Neanderthals? Well, that's the, I would say, the most exciting side of the story. First, it's, it's important to highlight that this period of time, say between 50,000 and 40,000, is one of the most important of recent human evolution, because this is the moment when, when uh, our uh, species uh, moved from, from tropical areas or from, from the, the Levant, Southwest Asia, into the middle latitudes. This is the period when um, so-called modern Homo sapiens replaced Neanderthals uh, in Europe and other archaic hominins in the in the rest of the of Eurasia. So we have been using a method which is a molecular method uh, based on the the analysis of the collagen in the bones. And without entering uh, much details, is a very cheap and fast way to scan many many fragments. When I say many, I mean thousands of bone fragments, find some uh, that are human. And then, of course, when we know they are human, we can go for other uh, analysis uh, like ancient DNA. And of course, ancient DNA, it's, it's, a, it's a wealth of information about uh, not just what these humans are, but also about their demography, their relationship with other groups, uh, their history, etc. So let's get on to why this is so exciting. So you've got human remains in layers dating back 46,000 years or so. And you've also got these tools there as well. So let's just unpick this. Let's talk about the tools first. What's interesting about them? I mean, you know, stone tools, bone tools, that, that's kind of interesting, but but these are unusual, and, and most people won't necessarily, you know, have a, have a you know wealth of knowledge about this. So so talk me through why these bone and stone tools are so important. The problem is that we don't have many 
fossils from this time period in Eurasia. And there is a kind of uh, toolkit that has been identified already for a long time in Southwest Asia, in places like Israel, uh, Lebanon, uh, Turkey, that we suspect is the marker of the first expansion of Homo sapiens in the Middle Latitudes in Europe, in Central Asia, in places as remote as Mongolia. But so far, it was impossible to really prove, demonstrate for sure that this toolkit was produced by modern humans. And, and Bachukiro is the first site in Europe where we have a clear association of human remains that we can for sure identify as modern humans. So let's talk about the dates as well then. So we found here then from this cave that these modern humans were in, in this cave in Bulgaria, as we said, sort of 46,000 years ago. What was happening in Europe at that time? You know, which other hominins were, were around? Our species, Homo sapiens, is it, very old, at least 300,000 years uh, old in Africa. The time period when we see this kind of pioneer groups of Homo sapiens moving higher in latitude, we have many clues that this, this sort of first uh, wave was not entirely successful. In fact, for, for a long time, the picture we had of the replacement of Neanderthals by modern Homo sapiens in Europe was a rather rapid event that would have taken place between 42 and 40,000 years ago, something like that. And now we, we have with the discovery of the Bachokiro material, we see that it's a much longer process and it's a more complex process. The main, uh, I would say, lesson of all this is that Neanderthals were not replaced overnight. It took several millennia, and it's only much later that there was a second wave that really was the, the good one, the one that really uh, expanded our species everywhere in the, in the West. So you've got an overlap here then in, in Europe of, of modern humans, of Homo sapiens and Neanderthals of, what, several thousand years? Yes, we think that uh, this overlap could be as, as long as 8,000 years, which is, is huge. I mean, for, for humans, 8,000 years, it's, it's a huge uh, span of time. But it does not mean that for 8,000 years, uh, we had Neanderthals and modern humans living uh, side by side in, uh, you know, in, the same, uh, in the same places. It's a coexistence at the scale of the continent. But this being said, uh, it's also likely that there was uh, zones where there was contacts uh, and overlap between the two groups. The very last Neanderthals in Europe display new behaviors, things they did not do before. And for a long time, I have argued that this might have been caused by interactions between Neanderthals and modern immigrants in Europe. I mean, then came the evidence of interbreeding between the two groups. And um, if I can say, to interbreed, you need to get quite close. Huh? <laughs> 
And it's very unlikely that uh, people would interbreed and have no other kind of interaction whatsoever. And so what we see in Bachokiro is type of objects that we're going to find later in Western Europe used or produced by the very last Neanderthals. And in particular, what we have is something very, I would say, moving somehow for me and, and very spectacular uh, pendants that are made of uh, teeth of carnivores pierced or grooved to make pendants. And this kind of object has been manufactured and used by Neanderthals between 41 and 43, 44,000 years ago in, in Western Europe. We find almost the same objects uh, around 45, 46,000 uh, in Eastern Europe made by modern humans. I think it's very unlikely that this is a coincidence, that it's just by chance these two groups, after hundreds of thousands years of separated evolution, would sort of invent the same kind of objects almost at the same time. And finally, what questions remain? I mean, it sounds like making new discoveries all the time here, but, but what are you hoping to really get into next? I think what we, we really want to understand is the mechanism of this replacement. I sort of suggested that there could be some kind of, between quotation marks, superiority of our species on Neanderthals. If there was such a superiority, it was not overwhelming because it took 8,000 years in Europe for one group to get rid of the other somehow. There might be also uh, groups of hybrids. You know, we know a lot about the presence of Neanderthal DNA in present-day humans. We know nothing about the presence of modern DNA in the last Neanderthals. And maybe the, the guys who are doing the Neanderthal pendants in, in Western Europe, maybe these guys, they were partly hybridized uh, with uh, our ancestors. So all this is something we have to explore now to, to understand this major event of human evolution. Jean-Jacques, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Special thanks to Jean-Jacques for joining us. We'll be back next week with another COVID-19 episode. So if you have any questions you'd like to ask, head over to theguardian.com forward slash COVID-19 questions. That's all one word. See you then. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.